Hello, ladies. Welcome to my podcast, Living a Sustainable Faith with Krista. It's Talkable Tuesday. This is where you will hear short, encouraging talks from the Word and then have a hand-lettered printable made by myself attached for you to print off in order for you to continue to be encouraged by God's Word throughout the week. It's my desire to encourage you to be in God's Word because when you are in His Word, you will grow in your faith and your life will be full. Let's go ahead and get started. You and your soul are going to love it. Welcome to Chapel Time. This is the second Chapel Time that I have held. And for those who are just joining me who have not heard my podcast um, from the previous week, I was invited to share talks at my local church's women's retreat. And it was so much fun to be able to do that. And I wanted to bring to you the talks that I did during chapel time. And so it's kind of like a little chapel time for you and I in the next few weeks. And the theme for the talks that I gave was washed, cleaned, refreshed. And last week I posed you three questions and they were, Have you allowed the Lord to wash and clean you up? The second question, have you allowed the Lord to refresh you and how do we stay refreshed? And number three, are you a refreshment to others? Last week, we looked at the question, have you allowed the Lord to wash and clean you up? Just as a quick recap, we took a moment to read Psalms 51 verses 1 through 13. And this chapter is David basically confessing to the Lord that he had sinned. He had taken Bathsheba, killed her husband Uriah in order for Bathsheba and him to be together. And as a result of all of this, David had sinned and he had a huge roadblock between him and the Lord. And Nathan, the prophet, had told David that judgment was upon him and upon his nation. And so this psalm talks about David confessing his sin and basically asking the Lord to clean him up, to wash him and make him whiter than snow. And I talked about my washing machine that I have in my house. I live off grid. And one of the things that I love that I have is my washing machine. But I talked about how when we do laundry, We have to bring our laundry to the washing machine. We have to do that. But then once the laundry is in there, the washing machine does the actual washing and cleaning. And we need to come to the Lord and confess our sins and then allow the Lord to do the washing and the cleaning. Whether it's the first time you've come to the Lord or just like David, whether you already know the Lord, but there are some things that you needed to have the Lord forgive you from, and he needed to wash and clean you up. And so last week, I encouraged you to do just this. And then I also talked about um, my the sheets that my grandmother would hang on the line, and they smelled so good. And when I would go to sleep in her um, house, in my grandma and grandpa's house in the cabin, these sheets would wrap themselves around me 
and I would just feel I would just feel all comforted. The smell was so fragrant and so fresh. And that's just what Jesus Christ wants to do. He wants to wrap himself around you and forgive you and make you clean and wash you up so that you can be presented to the Lord through Jesus Christ, washed and cleaned and forgiven. Today, I want to focus on the second question. Have you allowed the Lord to refresh you? And how do we stay refreshed? This week in particular, I'm going to look at half of that question. Have you allowed the Lord to refresh you? And you may be asking, how do we do this? There are three ways, there's more than three, but I want to talk about three ways in particular that you can do to allow the Lord to refresh you. If we do these three things, you will start to feel the refreshing power of the Lord. The first one is to confess our sins continuously. And we touched on that last week, just like David in Psalms 51, he already had a relationship with the Lord. He already knew the Lord, but he knew he had sinned. He knew there was things in his way that he needed to confess in order for the Lord to continue to wash and clean him up. And you know, I don't know about you, but when I confess my sins to the Lord, whether it's for the first time or if there's things that I know have come between me and the Lord and I confess them and I lay them down and I ask for his forgiveness, I feel lighter. My spirit or my soul feels lighter and it feels at peace. I don't feel bogged down. I don't feel a heavy weight. I feel at peace. And you know what? Telling the Lord the truth about what's going on sets us free. It will set you free. Acts 13.39 says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Jesus Christ does this for us. He sets us free Our souls are free and we feel at peace. The continual process of bringing our sins to the Lord will allow the Lord to then be able to refresh you. Why? Because there isn't anything blocking your way, blocking communication and communion with the Lord. It's like any relationship. If there are things that we have done in our relationships, we know there's something we did that wasn't right, it wasn't nice, it wasn't kind, and we need to make it right because we know until we do, communication and the relationship can't grow. And just as we read in Psalms 51, David did just that. He confessed his sin to the Lord. And you know, isn't it amazing that when we talk about David now in our current time, Yes, we know that he had uh, things that he did. We know about the story of Bathsheba. But the thing that we know David for is for what? It's for having a heart after the Lord. Yes, we all will sin. Yes, we have things that we need to continually confess to the Lord. But do we want to be known for someone who is always in sin or always has a problem? Or do we want to be known for having a heart after the Lord? And do we want the Lord to look at us? Because the Lord said this about David. 
He has a heart after me. The Lord wants to have a relationship with you so then he can build you up and he can encourage you. Jeremiah 31, 25 says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. This is the Lord speaking here in Jeremiah. When we confess our sins, as we talked about, Jesus can present us washed and cleaned to the Lord, and the Lord can then refresh us, as it says in Jeremiah. When you let go of your things, your sin, God can then refresh you. So the first thing we can do to allow the Lord to refresh us is to continually confess our sins. The second thing we can do to allow the Lord to refresh us is by being in his creation. I just want you to take a moment. Can you think of a time when you were out and about in nature, in God's creation, and you saw something or experienced something that left your body and your soul in total awe and wonder and a complete peace came around? You felt total peace inside. This experience may have made such an impact on you that even later, days, weeks, months, years down the road, when you talk about this moment to people, you still, you get that feeling of awe, wonder, and peace all over again. You know, they're kind of called, or I can, you call them God moments, right? Maybe the moment was unintentional. It's just something you were going throughout your day and you saw something in nature. Or you were purposely taking a vacation to get away and the Lord just had a moment. There was a moment for you that you experienced in God's creation that just put you in awe and wonder and at peace. I want to share with you about such a moment like this. A moment where God's creation just spoke and put me in awe, wonder, and at total peace inside. It was a 24-hour period of time. Back in 2010, after my husband and I had moved to Idaho, we moved to Sandpoint, we decided to take a little detour after an art show in Mammoth, California, which is in Northern California. We, were, we had decided to go to Yosemite, which was an awesome place to go, by the way. If you've never been there, it is absolutely breathtaking. We were leaving Yosemite, and we were going through Death Valley, and we were on our way to Zion National Park. And we stayed in a hotel outside of the park the night before, so we woke up early in the morning so that we could get into the park before the crowds came. And we were at the park, and we were, we were doing this little trip in September. So the crowds had already kind of calmed down in the national parks. So we were heading into Zion in the morning, and we caught the first tram or the first bus, well, one of the first bus routes uh, through Zion. And if you haven't been to Zion, the park is big, but the little tour they take you on is just up the little kind of cavern, or you could say little valley, and it does a loop. So it goes up to the top and it comes back around and then you're done, but you get to see some beautiful sights. Well, when my husband and I got to the top of this route, we decided, you know what? Okay, we're on our way back. We're going to see some of the same things. Let's go ahead and get out for a little while and we'll take a look around. 
So as we we got off the tram, we saw some other people coming up from a trail. So we decided to follow this little trail and it went to a little creek. And at the time, it was kind of a creek. It wasn't a river. But I guess during rainy season, this creek really goes. But in September, it's really low. And so people were creek walking in it. They were um, walking up the creek in their... their, in the water, and it wasn't very deep. Well, my husband and I didn't know that you could do this. So we had on, it was a warm morning. Okay, so that was awesome. But we had on our shorts, our hiking shoes, our socks and everything. Well, we decided, you know what? It's okay. We're just going to go for it. And so we just kept our shoes on and we started to walk up the creek. And we noticed on the wall, the, the, um, the, as you're walking in this creek, it is a, it's a narrow, um, creek and you're like you have sandstone the big sandstone hills all surrounding you on both sides and we noticed these walking sticks all propped up against the side of the wall and we decided well we might as well go get one we'll take one with us and then we'll bring it back just like everybody else well it was really handy to have that little walking stick as we came up went walked up the creek but let me tell you it was morning time the sun was rising it was just about ready to come over the top of these um of the walls of this little canyon we are walking in as the sun as we're walking in the in this little creek as the sun tipped over and started to beam onto the um, little cliff walls and then it finally shimmered down to the creek the colors that happened on the side of these walls was breathtaking it just it like it like illuminated all the colors because they were kind of doled out in the dark right So when the sun hit them, all the shades of the light tan, the dark tan, um, there was kind of a red color. And then there was this black sediment that ran through at various points. And obviously, at various points in history, in time, things had settled and produced this black line, these black lines. It was breathtaking. And as the sun tipped over the first time over the over the um over the top of these hills into the into the valley there all of us who were walking in the creek just kind of stopped and it was like this quiet you could hear the water the sun was peeking over and just illuminating the walls of this little canyon it was beautiful And my husband and I looked at each other and we were just like in awe and wonder of God's creation and just amazed at what he had created. And such a peace came over our souls. Well, we finished that tour. We finished walking. And as we were um, finishing the tour, there was the visitor center at Zion. And we looked at each other and we went, we need a little memento from this moment because it was such a fun awe-inspiring time that morning. And so we had our shoes that were absolutely soaking. So we took them off, wrung out our socks, shook out our shoes of the water as much as possible so that we wouldn't have puddles as we're walking into the visitor center, you know. We went in the visitor center and I found a t-shirt. And my husband found a t-shirt and baseball cap from Zion. So we both got those. Mine was a green shirt and they were all eco-friendly at the time, which was really up my alley. They were all made of eco-friendly material. And so 
um, like organic cotton. And so I grabbed the t-shirt and I have a memento to this day. I still wear that t-shirt from Zion National Park. My husband and I got in our car and we started driving away and we were looking on the map and my husband said, you know what? Bryce Canyon isn't really far away from here. He goes, I bet if we hustled it, we could get there by evening. And maybe if we're lucky, we could see the sunset at Bryce. And we, I looked at him, I said, that would be awesome. And so I'm thinking, wow, sunrise in Zion, sunset in Bryce. Oh, could there be a better day? So we hustled it to Bryce and we got there literally as the sun was setting. There was hardly anybody there. We went to the rim and we looked out over Bryce Canyon. I don't know if you've been to Bryce Canyon National Park, but again, it is beautiful. And it's all set in the High Plains Desert, both Bryce and Zion. And so you had these at Bryce, you're kind of up at the top of the canyon. And as you look out, you're seeing all these little like sandstone peaks, right? And the sun is setting off in the distance and the sky is beginning to light up with the oranges and the red hues. My husband looked at me and said, Krista, let's go down this trail really quick and see if we can get to the bottom of the canyon and look up as the sun is setting and as the, um, as the canyon begins to darken, right? Because the sun's going to start coming up those little pillars, those little sandstone pillars. And he goes, I bet it'll look great. And so we're hustling down this trail. And now mind you, my hiking shoes were soaking wet from the previous little trip to Zion. So I have my sandals on. So I'm trying to, and same with my husband, we're trying to hustle down this little trail in our sandals, trying not to stub our toes and, you know, flip off the sandal or whatever. And we get to the bottom and we look up. It is absolutely breathtaking. The The side of these um, sandstone pillars, which are absolutely huge once you get to the bottom, are starting to go dark. And at the top, they're lit up by the sun. And you see a little bit of the sky and it's lighting up. It was picturesque. I can't, I can't even, it's hard for me to even put into words what we were seeing. So we just stood there for a moment in awe and wonder about God's creation and how awesome the Lord is that we serve and that he made so much in creation. And it just filled us up. It was refreshing. My husband again looked at me. He goes, Krista, I'm going to go back to the top. You can stay here if you want, but I'm going to go back to the top. And I said, well, I'm coming with you. So we hustled up to the top. And I'm telling you, I was out of breath by the time I got to the top. So now the sun is totally set. Bryce Canyon is dark. And you see the silhouettes of those sandstones. And you see the sun setting off into the distance. The red and the gold in the sky. The sun's already dipped down. It was beautiful. And because nobody was really there, it was quiet. And you could just sense the mighty hand of God, really. Such a time. Sunrise in Zion and sunset embrace. We looked at each other and we said, wow, I wonder if the gift shop's open. I need a little memento. So we went to the gift shop and it was still open. I think we had 30 minutes. So we went in the gift shop. And I found a t-shirt, a green one, an eco-friendly one from Bryce National Park. And my husband found a t-shirt and cap. They were all wrapped together. 
and we bought those as a memento to remind us. And I still wear that shirt to this day. And I actually get compliments on that t-shirt for some reason. People like that t-shirt. But anyway, Bryce Canyon, awesome. So as we're leaving Bryce in our car, we're driving down the road and my husband and I look at each other and we're like, what a day that was. Just awesome. Well, we're having to head home. We're having to round back from Utah and we're needing to go home into Idaho. So as we're looking at our route that evening, actually it's pretty nighttime at this point, it's dark. We look and my husband goes, Krista, I bet if we drove all night, we could see Yellowstone in the morning and then go home. And I looked at him, I said, are you kidding me? He goes, no. What if you drive first and then I'll drive through the night? And I bet I can get there in the morning and it'll probably be sunrise. And I looked at him and I said, okay, let's do it. So we hauled it in our car all night long. I drove first and then Mark slept and then we switched somewhere in the middle of the night and I slept. And when I woke up, we literally were driving into Yellowstone National Park. And it was about six o'clock in the morning. The park wasn't open. So we drove in and we paid our ticket later and we looked at ourselves and we were still in our shorts, right? From the, uh, from the uh, previous day. So we changed into some sweats and we looked at each other and said, man, wouldn't it be awesome if the lodge had a little coffee cart where we could just have a little cup of coffee in the morning and just soak it in because it was a little brisk, but it was going to be warm. So we went into the lodge and lo and behold, there was a coffee cart. We got a cup of coffee. We went up onto the second level of this old lodge and the old lodge is by Old Faithful. And we thought, wow, this is the best. So we're looking down down to the lobby in this old lodge, which with such awesome architecture and we enjoy a cup of coffee. As the time passes, we see a ranger come and we could hear him because it was very quiet in the lodge. And we heard him say that there's going to be a little walking tour around Old Faithful. And Mark and I looked at each other and said, well, wouldn't that be fun? So we joined the little tour and we went on this walk around Old Faithful. And part of the walk was Old Faithful. They know when it starts spouting its water because hence the name Old Faithful, it spouts off its water about the same time every day. And so this morning, there was a time in the early morning where it would go off and you could see all the water coming out of Old Faithful. And so my husband and I took this little walk. And as we got around to the back side of Old Faithful, the uh, ranger said, get your cameras ready. It's going to go off pretty soon. And so we're going to, we're looking at Old Faithful and in the background is the old lodge. Okay. So Old Faithful, all of a sudden, just like clockwork, it starts to go off and it gets a little higher and it gets a little higher. And pretty soon that thing is just shooting into the sky and we're all looking up and all of a sudden the sun is coming up and it peeks over the trees and it just hits Old Faithful and a rainbow just booms out of Old Faithful and it goes over into the distant trees, this rainbow. Again, all of us are snapping shots of this to try and just get a picture, but you know, pictures don't do justice. We were in again, just awe and wonder and everybody was just quiet as this rainbow just illuminated the sky 
And the ranger, after a few minutes, said, I just want to let you ladies and gentlemen know, I have only seen this a handful of times, and I have been working here for a long time. You guys are among the few who get to see a sight like this because the sun has to come up at just the right time to hit the water and Old Faithful has to go off at just the right time for the light to hit the water, for the water to refract the light and make the rainbow. My husband and I looked at each other and we said, oh my goodness, this has got to be the best 24 hours we've ever had. What an awesome display of God's creation that we got to see and experience in those 24 hours. And yes, by the way, I got a t-shirt at Yellowstone as a little memento. So how can we allow the Lord to refresh us? One, confess our sins continuously. Two, go to God's creation. It will touch you. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God made everything, the plants and the animals, to exist on the earth. And then if you continue in Genesis, Genesis 1.27 states that God created man and woman in his own image and breathed life into them, and that they were then to rule God's creation and care for his creation. We are meant to have a relationship with all of God's creation. God created us. God created nature. And it's a no wonder that when we see things in nature, that we are touched, our souls are touched, and we feel refreshed. We also read in Isaiah 6, 3, And the one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. With God creating us and God creating nature, it's a no wonder we feel refreshed when we are in God's creation. Being in nature, it's kind of like being wrapped up in God's glory, and then we are refreshed. A third way that we can allow the Lord to refresh us, a third way you can allow the Lord to refresh you, is to pray. It sounds pretty simple, right? But how many of us actually do this on a regular basis? I know for myself, it is something I am continually striving for, to basically be in prayer more and more often. And I want to encourage you that if you have not attempted to insert prayer into your daily routine, it'll never happen. You need to make an effort. And I want to encourage you when you do, you won't regret it. Let me ask you this. How do you expect to be refreshed in your soul and on a daily basis, let alone at all, if you're not spending time with the one entity that can give you the refreshing you need? We need to be in prayer. I want to focus just for a few moments on how Jesus was refreshed. In Luke 5, 12 through 16, we read, However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities, and him is referring to Jesus. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. In this particular passage, God had just, or Jesus had just been with the multitudes. He had performed miracles and he was tired. 
And how did he get refreshed? It says he went into the wilderness, he went alone, and he prayed. He had just healed the leper, and he needed time, and he prayed. Matthew fourteen twenty two through 23 says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. To get refreshed from his father, our father, Jesus, after a day of performing miracles and talking with people, what did he do? He went by himself on a mountain and he prayed to get refreshed. Matthew 26, 36 through 44. This is a little bit long, but this is what it says. Bear with me. It's great. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here with me and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me for even an hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Jesus is kind of encouraging Peter here. You want to pray, Peter? You're going to be tempted. You need to be in prayer. It was a little hint. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Isn't that so true, ladies? Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again. And he prayed a third time saying the same words. Why did Jesus pray? To get refreshed from the Father. In Jesus' most trying time, this is before he is going to go before Pontius Pilate, and this is right before he's going to basically be put to death on the cross. In Jesus' most trying time, he knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to die. And he went to the Father for comfort, for strength and a refreshing of his soul to be able to make it through the next days to come. Jesus, who knew no sin, would go to the Father in prayer. How much more should we, ladies, who know sin, wrongdoing, how much more should we be going to prayer for a refreshing of our soul from the Lord? Ladies, let me pose the question one more time to you. How do we allow the Lord to refresh us? We need to continually confess our sins. Second, we need to spend time in God's creation. Allow him to wrap his glory around you and around me through his creation, and it will refresh us. And the third thing is to spend time in prayer so that you can be comforted and refreshed by the Lord, just as Jesus was. By doing these simple three things, ladies, you will be allowing the Lord to refresh you. I want to just encourage you this week, as you go throughout your week, take some time, take a moment, look at God's creation. Allow his creation to wrap around you, which is his glory, and refresh you.
Also this week, ladies, I have a printable that one, you can cut and put up. It's the Bible verse that I talked about in the beginning. And it says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. It's from Jeremiah 31, 25. And I have another printable that I gave the ladies at the retreat. And as you may have noticed, the first um, printable handout that I gave you said Friday. Well, that was the one I gave them on Friday night. This one, this talk I gave Saturday morning. And so I have a printable handout for you and it says Saturday AM on it. Anyway, this is something that you can go through to continue to be encouraged by God's word and to maybe do a little bit more thinking about allowing the Lord to refresh you. And ladies, I hope that you'll join me next week for my talkable on my podcast. And I'm going to answer the second half of the question um, of the second question. Have you allowed the Lord to refresh you? We talked about that today. And the second part is how do we stay refreshed? I'm going to talk about that next week. Ladies, I want to encourage you, go to livingasustainablefaith.com and up in the right-hand corner, you can click join my email list. I would love to send you an email to notify you when we have printables, posts, and podcasts ready for you to encourage you with God's word to be in God's word. And as we talked about today, and also to allow the Lord to refresh you, his word refreshes you. Ladies, I look forward to seeing you next week as we talk about how do we stay refreshed. Have a great week. And this is Krista with Living a Sustainable Faith.